reading from the New King James. And the Lord says, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts. thats I don't know about you, but that's fairly sobering. And I'm going to read it again here in a few moments, even from a, another translation that is a little more contemporary, and it will sound very sobering. But I think the Lord is going to help us to draw close to him today through his word and through his spirit. Let's ask him to help us. Father, again, we felt your presence. We thank you for your hand upon our worship today. We thank you for these that have helped minister and brought us into the atmosphere where we can receive your word and also be changed by your spirit. We want you to be glorified in everything that happens in the next few moments. Before we leave, as we pray in response to the word, let our hearts be transformed. And then when we leave, as we put the word into practice, let our lives be transformed. Let your glory be revealed. Let everyone in this room, let every single person in this room, no matter what they identify with in terms of their religious labeling, etc., let everyone know that there's a place for them beside you, walking with you, knowing you, honoring your purpose. I believe you'll do that for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a mighty God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I hope I have only a couple of disclaimers before I go here. I think it's understandable, but I did want to make a comment. The title of the message has a bit of a cynical connotation, and yet I am not here to be cynical or even political, but I am preaching today, vote early and vote often. And some of you may have a little awareness of that phrase and may know what I am thinking about some of the history. But I did want to use the phrase and use the idea of choosing to just bring us back to a recognition that the God that we serve is very interested in us choosing him. Amen. And so very quickly you see I'm not talking about candidates today. I'm talking about Christ. I believe it is very critical that we understand that he is watching and looking at our lives, whether we are young or older, whether we feel that we are really well-versed in some of the things about the will of God and the plan of God, or if we're just learning as we move, excuse me, move along. All of that is, is different perhaps in every life, but he's watching and looking to us. In fact, this verse really describes, this couple of verses and even the passage, that sometimes we as people can move off track and miss what God wants to do in our lives. Brother Cliff texted me on, uh, I think it was either Monday or Tuesday, maybe it was Tuesday morning, and, and he said, I just felt this verse. And, and over the few days from that point to uh, time to minister, I kept rehearsing these things. And I cannot get over the sober nature of what the Lord says. Now, let me read this from another translation the Lord said, I was ready to answer my people's prayers, but they did not pray. 
I was ready for them to find me, but they did not even try. The nation did not pray to me, even though I was always ready to answer, here I am, I will help you. And then he says in verse 2, I have always been ready to welcome my people who stubbornly do what is wrong and go their own way. So I, I just found that sobering myself. And, and I think it just calls us back to attention. God wants me to reach out to him. He's waiting. He wants to have his way in my life. And I believe it's not a one-time decision. I'm grateful for the background that I have in terms of a praying mother who raised me so that I can be in a position to experience God's will and identify at an early age what God wanted to do in my life. But I know now, having lived a few years from those early years, that you don't just decide to follow the Lord once. You reaffirm that decision over and over and over in your life. And so the way I say it today is vote early and vote often. Even with pressure, even with difficult circumstances, choose the Lord. Reach out to him. Let him be Lord of your life. And let him be the one that you follow in every area of your life. If you want blessing, vote early and vote often. If you want the promises of God, vote early and vote often. If you want God to reveal himself to you, wake up every day and say, Lord, I don't have it all together, but I want you to be Lord of my life. I believe there's some in this room that would even be able to lift their voice and say, I found that choosing him is the best thing that I've ever done. Anybody feel that way? I found that drawing close to him is the best thing that I've ever done. I found that he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. And he has always proven his faithfulness in my life. In reading the passage that surrounds the verses that we read from Isaiah, it really does seem, and if you look at the way the Lord describes their progression it seems like there's no limit to where people will go once they decide to go their own way. And you read some of the things that God says about his people, these ancient people of God. He starts talking about, well, they got involved in this and, and that and offering service to idols and in this way and that way. And they began to just move in directions that were so far away from my will. They did what they wanted to do, but they were moving further and further and further away from my promise. And don't you know, that's just the way it is. When you start drifting, and letting distraction keep you from the presence of the Lord. You don't get to pick and choose where that ends, but you have to say that God is merciful and he hears us. And today is a great day to say, Lord, I've been drifting, but I want to come back and I want to experience your promise. I want to be what you want me to be, and God will answer. He'll say, here I am. Because in the same way that there is no limit to what God or to what people can do if they drift away from God's purpose and God's will, there is also no limit to the faithfulness of God. There are no limits to the grace and the mercy of God. 
There are no limits to the ability that God has to pull you close to himself if all you say is, Lord, I need you. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to move in the right direction. Let's do the thing that will help our lives today. And let's do the thing that will give us what we need today. Let's cry out to God. Let's reach for him. Let's say, Lord, have your way in my life. Vote early and vote often. Wake up every day and say, Lord, I choose you. I want to do what you want me to do. The psalmist said, Thou will show me the path of life. Psalm 16 and 11. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. There's something good and healthy that begins to work in your life when you start to say, wait a minute, the best thing for me to do is to honor God. There's something good and beneficial for your family when you start to say, the best thing for me to do is to give God my heart and to honor his will. I know that everything doesn't turn perfect that very instant, but what happens is God begins to order your steps and he begins to navigate your life and you begin to experience his purpose in a supernatural way. Amen. The Apostle Paul picked up this theme in Romans chapter 10. In fact, he looks back to this writing of Isaiah and he says, but of Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a people unyielding and disobedient and self-willed to a fault-finding, contrary, and contradicting people. I just want to mention this in passing, that those qualities, unyielding, disobedient, self-willed, those aren't healthy for your relationship with God. And they may not even be healthy in your life if they're not governed in the right way. But this is what we want to move away from is being unyielding when it comes to God's way and God's word. Being disobedient when it comes to God's way and God's word. You see, we enter that poll booth and, and that moment to make our choice. And, and maybe not everybody knows what's going on in our mind, but we've got to make a decision. Am I going to be driven by my own self-interest? Or is there something in my heart that says, Lord, I know if I do it my own way, I'll go in the wrong direction. But I'm here to say, Lord, I surrender. I know that's kind of old school, but it'll help you to say, Lord, I surrender. It'll help you to say, Lord, I give you my all. It'll help you to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Choose to follow him. Choose to seek him. There are blessings waiting for you. There are wonderful promises waiting for you, prepared for your life. Paul goes on to say, previously, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put 
to shame. And I look at that contrast. We read in the Old Testament as those people were moving in a direction away from God's purpose that it was shameful what they did. It was shameful what they became. And yet there's another side of the picture. God is making a promise. If you'll just believe me, you'll never be put to shame. I know sometimes you'll wonder, how can this turn out for my good? But there's still some people in this room that will say, He has a way of taking even evil and turning it for my good. He has a way of navigating me through some difficult seasons. And when I come out, I can say, I'm so glad I was walking with the Lord through that valley. I'm so glad I was leaning on the Lord through that storm. I'm so glad I am begging you before you leave this room today and then tomorrow and the next day, vote early and vote often and say, God, I don't have it all together, but I'm going to do life your way. I'm going to obey your voice. I'm going to follow you. It will not get better if we do it our own way, but God's promises will be fulfilled if we honor him. If you believe it, would you shout it? I hate to call you out, but just stand so everybody can see who you are. No, you want to turn around if you're looking this way because he's way better looking than me. He's, he's got it going on. Thank you, Noah. He's not the guy with the ark, but he's pretty smooth. This week in our devotion, our students do a devotion. They do a FaceTime call, and I have almost lost FaceTime privileges with them like 87 times. But somehow they still let me on the call. And usually one of them does a devotion. And, and I guess you're thinking I had a soft week because I got the text from Brother Cliff and I got an illustration from Brother Noah. I might go on vacation. But he read for us 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And then and I'll read it and then we'll talk about it the way he talked about it. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. One translation says, have reverence for Christ in your hearts and honor him as Lord. Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope that you have in you. And Noah, in about three to five minutes, you wish I had the same ability to be brief. But he said in about three to five minutes, uh, talked about the verse, and he said, I think what I just wanted you to know tonight is we need to be ready. He said we need to be ready. And I recognize that we need to be ready, but not just be ready in and of ourselves, honoring God and and seeking him so so that we can experience his will for our lives. But the real text and context of the verse is be ready because someone is going to ask you and they're going to want to know why and how are you moving through life the way that you're moving through life. He said we got to be ready. When they're depressed and they reach to us, we need to be ready. When they're broken and they reach to us, we need to be ready. When they're just over it and they don't know why anything is the way it is, we need to be ready. And Noah, this is the way I'm applying your encouragement. I am suggesting to this audience, 
even though generally, now some people are very open and very public, generally a lot of people say, well, I voted, but it's my business who I voted for. That's just now, I know that that's not everybody's way of looking at it, but there's some people in this room who say, well, I voted, but it's, it's personal. I'm not really sharing it with everybody, but not in this situation. In this situation, we are encouraged to be ready to show and express why we voted the way we voted. I heard your story. How were you healed? I voted for Jesus. I heard you talking to my friend about some of your experiences. How did you get through that situation? I voted for Jesus. I heard a little bit of your testimony, how you were delivered and how you're not addicted anymore. And now how you're not living life under the weight of fear and oppression and spirits of darkness. Would you tell me how all that happened? I voted for Jesus, not just one time, but I woke up the next day and said, Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. It's, it's about time for some believers to say, I'll tell you what happened in my life. I found that he was waiting to hear my cry. And so I cried out. And he gave me the victory. I declare to everyone in this room, it's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a Catholic thing. It's not a Mormon thing. It's not a Presbyterian thing. It's not a Jewish thing. I declare to everyone in this room, God is waiting to hear your cry. Because when you ask him, I'm using the idea of voting, but really what we're saying is when you reach for him, that's your way of saying, I'm no longer counting on somebody else. I'm no longer counting on myself. I'm no longer counting on, and thank God for the blessings he gives us in family and friends and other structures in our lives that can be meaningful. I'm not saying those are, are, are worthless, but what I am saying is at some point you have to kind of say, no, 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 that might come into play at some point, but my first choice, my first decision is to cry out to him and seek him and feel after him, the apostle said. Why? Because if you'll seek him, you will find him. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Now let me stop there for a second. Now again, I know I'm using this voting thing almost to the point that you and I both are going to get tired of it, but hopefully you before me or me before you, we'll see. But the Apostle Paul says, you know, when you go into that voting booth, everybody has something on their mind, you know. Let's think of it in the natural sense. Some are thinking about the economy. Some are thinking about uh, national defense. Some are thinking about different items. And, di and, and he, he talks about that in relationship to choosing the Lord. He says some are looking for a sign. Some are looking for wisdom. Everybody seems to have their own 
criteria. He said, but we are not in the business of somehow trying to smoothly align with everyone's criteria. But we will tell you this. We preach to people Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you choose him, you'll have the wisdom you'll need. You'll have the miracles you need. Is there anybody in this room that can affirm that little principle? I just found if I get a hold of Jesus, if I let him into my heart, if I let him lead to my, my life, I have what else I need. I have the wisdom that he wants me to have. I have the power he wants me to have. He said, we preach Christ, the power of God. So, choose Jesus. Isaiah 45 from the New Living, let all the world look to me for salvation. For I am God. There is no other. I have sworn by my own name. I have spoken the truth. And I will never go back on my word. Every knee will bend to me. And every tongue will declare allegiance to me. That's pretty strong unless you're God. (laughs) That's pretty direct unless you're God. Some of you know in Philippians chapter 2, the parallel verse, we're speaking of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess. At some point, everything else is going to fade away. And those that did not realize will come to understand there really was only one God and one Father of all who is above all, who is in all, and who is through you all. At some point, they're going to begin to understand. That's why Moses in the Old Testament could say to the children of Israel, I am that I am has sent me. And that's why Jesus in the New Testament could say, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the water that if you drink me, you'll never thirst again. That's why he could say, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Why? Because God's way of responding to your cry is here I am. What do you need me to be? If you need direction, here I am. If you need forgiveness, here I am. If you need deliverance, here I am. Cry out to him and let him have his way. Would you stand with me? I said, again, reading from our text, I said, here I am. Here I am to a nation that was called by my name. I stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. And they just could not disconnect from their own way long enough to recognize every answer was in me. And we are just as tempted at times. But he's so merciful. And all you have to do is call out. I need you, Lord. The young can do it. The older can do it. Married can do it. Single can do it. Divorce can do it. Every background, every heritage, every culture. Every person on the face of the earth, he's just waiting for a call. And his answer will be, here I am. I don't understand all that went on in my life. Here I am. Here I am. I don't understand that sickness I went through and 
that difficulty we had in our family and the financial turmoil that just kind of reset everything. We call out to him and he says, here I am. Here I am. I don't understand the loss that I went through, the grief that I still struggle with. But you call on him and he says, here I am. I remember your testimony about a time detached from God's will and the difference the difference, and forgive me for referencing it, Michelle. But what a, what a great revelation comes into your heart when you start to understand if I call on him, he'll answer. If I reach for him, he'll show up. He'll manifest himself in my life. I want to say again, it really, and again, we, we talk about the rapture around here as if it could happen right now. Amen. That's why you should be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and have the, the power of God work in your life because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is what's going to take this people out of here. We talk about the rapture like it could take place at any moment. But if the Lord tarries, I'm not all that I'm concerned about what will happen Tuesday. But in my mind, God will be God on Tuesday and he will be God on Wednesday. Amen. You, do you, did you vote? Do you have preferences? Every time I voted, I've had preferences. Sometimes what I wanted to see happen, happened. Sometimes what I wanted to see happen, didn't. But God was God when I started. God was God when I was done. And God has been God through ups and downs and, and difficult circumstances. I'm more concerned with how the child of God will react on Wednesday. I'm more concerned, and let's get away from the election for a moment. I'm more concerned with how the child of God will react if there's a loss in your family you didn't expect. Or maybe there's some great opening of opportunity that you didn't expect. Is there any way that you could just say, in the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. When I'm going through something so horrible that I don't think I'll make it, I'm still holding on to Jesus. Or when doors are open left and right and so much blessing is coming, I'm still going to cling to Jesus. I don't want to become deceived. Someone said, well... That's not what I wanted to have happen. It just seems like nothing's going my way. Those are vulnerable moments when you have to make sure I voted early and now I'm going to vote again. Even when I don't know what's happening, he's still Lord of my life. He's still Lord of all. Now we have it arranged here where you can come forward. There are places, there's tape where you can stand. That's fine. I would love for you to come forward. But somewhere in this room, I want you to lift your hands, not in response to me, but in response to the Word of God. And I want you.